welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. Hey, good morning, Kelsey. I'm uh, Mike Dano, also an editor at Light Reading, and we have a guest here today, right? Yes, we do. I'm Chris McReynolds. I'm the Vice President of Product Management for our Edge Computing Solutions. Hey, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Remind us where you're based out of. I'm actually in Boulder, Colorado. It's it's snowing outside today, so uh, it's pretty. Oh, very nice. And Mike, you're in you're in uh, Denver, I'm, I'm right? I'm in Denver. Yeah, I'm I'm watching the same snowstorm, but I'm not nearly <laughs> as uh, happy about it as as Chris is. I'm. This is our like third snowstorm in the past three weeks, and I'm a little tired of it. Gotta say. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, How's we'll yours? just send. Are you are you seeing any snow? Um, not yet, but there's some expected um, this weekend, and I heard that people have cleared out the grocery stores because in North Carolina, we don't know how to handle snow. We just panic and start hoarding things. <laughs> I like that approach. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Applied that to the pandemic as well. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Chris, we'll send all our snow your way. Straight, straight, <laughs> to, the, straight to the mountains. I don't need it in my driveway, yes. but the mountains Okay. Okay. We'll do Yeah. We can do that. Um, well, looking forward to talking to you about edge computing today. Um, and thought maybe we could start off uh, just hearing a little bit uh, from a, a broad view uh, what Lumen's uh, strategy and, and approach is around edge computing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we have a, a heritage of, of networking and security capabilities for sure. And uh, a number of years ago, Savas became a part of who Lumen is today. And, and that brought in a lot of IT infrastructure management and managed services. And so we've been melding those together over the years, but in the past couple of years, you know, we're just starting to see a lot of use cases that require lower latency interactions. So whether it be IoT use cases, whether it be gaming performing better closer to end users, there is a need for those applications to be hosted closer to end users and connected with a very high performing network. So when we saw that need in the market, it, it just lines up very well to, to who Lumen is. We have a lot of distributed physical locations where we can deploy edge computing nodes. We have a lot of fiber connectivity to manufacturing locations, logistics and sorting centers, you know, the types of locations where these, these edge use cases and IoT use cases make a lot of sense and add a lot of business value. So about two years ago, we set out deploying a lot of infrastructure and capital. We have over 50 locations deployed globally. In North America, we have 44 locations that are within five milliseconds of the end users, uh, and it covers 95% of the enterprises in North America. So it's a pretty broad footprint, but all of that is just nice infrastructure unless you have the services that actually sit on top of that infrastructure. So we have launched, uh, you know, we really started from the network layer up and then worked into the compute layer. So we've automated a lot of the network over the past three or four years um, as far as SDN enabling our network. We built out a bare metal offer, which is kind of foundational for all those higher layer services that sit on the, the compute infrastructure. Um, we've built out and launched a, a network storage offer because having access to that data close to those applications is also necessary for those applications to be high performing. And then we've just continued to move up the stack, so to speak, in terms of capabilities. And, and one key aspect that will be coming out in the second quarter of this year is called Lumen Edge Orchestrator. 
And it's important because a lot of these use cases don't just reside in a public cloud or on the edge. It's usually a hybrid implementation. And what Edge Orchestrator does is it enables uh, blueprinting, scripting, templating, whatever you want to call it, these applications to be deployed easily, both to public clouds and to our edge. So it gives kind of a common control plane across those elements. And then the last piece is managed services. Some customers like to do it themselves. Some don't have the skill sets to build and implement these solutions. So we have both professional services kind of for implementation and then ongoing managed services for that day two operation aspect of these. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot going on there, and I think that um, Lumen is kind of at the near the forefront of this whole thing in terms of service provider offerings because of you know a lot of people are talking about Edge, but you, you know you guys have all these sites deployed, um, and I'm super curious about the number the, the geographic number of sites. You, you mentioned it's like forty some here in the U.S. and and, and you know five milliseconds latency is like pretty fast, <laughs> I think, um, for a lot of edge computing services. And so I'm wondering, like, you know, one or two years down the road, do you feel like that's enough sites? Is that a low enough latency for this kind of stuff? Or do you expect to invest in more sites in order to lower that latency further? I guess it's like, is 40 across the U.S. enough is enough? It's a great question. Um, for what we see today, I believe, yes. Um Globally, we have more depth we need to deploy in Europe um, and APAC as well. But in North America, I guess I've seen it, it kind of falls into one of two camps. It's I'm a retail or a logistics company and I have 20 or 30 sites in a given market. I don't want to host the compute in all of those locations if I'm confident it runs reliably enough in one kind of metro edge location. And five milliseconds enables them to, you know, optimize sorting lines, make real-time decisions, to do robotics, drive forklifts, to do the, the augmented reality and like, you know, the training that they're doing of those interactive AR, VR trainings that are just the emerging use cases. Five milliseconds is good. Where I think it pushes, it, it doesn't push to an intermediate, like one or two millisecond latency, it pushes to on-premise. And I think it's partially for latency reasons, but more for confidence and a comfort level that those, like a manufacturing is probably the vertical that's most prone to put it on premise. They have tens, hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment, and then they're manufacturing these components. And if they're doing fault detection or you know, monitoring the line, if, if it's going to have a, a part failure, for example, they want that to always be there and running. And if by some chance three network connections went down and they couldn't reach and do that and the manufacturing line shut down, that's too much risk for them. So I more think it's this confidence that it's running that drives it to on-premise. I don't see that in between for, for the foreseeable future, at least. Yeah. And and you mentioned, um, you know, the importance of uh, that for manufacturing. What are um, some other of the biggest use cases that you're kind of working with uh, your enterprise customers on uh, around edge computing? Yeah. So the key verticals we've seen success so far, um, gaming is a big one and it makes sense. We have a very, we have a lot of end users connected to our IP network, our broadband network, and we have that distribution of compute. Um, Cryptocurrency is one I would not have foreseen on the front end. That one surprised me, to be honest. 
Um, but the models of some of the emerging um, crypto companies are very different than the traditional Bitcoin mining. So they're more decentralized finance use cases and they need a lot of validators and they need to host the applications in a very globally distributed manner. So that's been a vertical I would not have, have guessed um, was, was critical or would really have benefited from these capabilities. The ones that are more emerging, there's a lot of different IoT use cases in the verticals. I believe manufacturing and retail are the most mature in terms of actually implementing those and, and manufacturing probably ahead of retail. Um, but retail is, there are proof of concepts and there are some stores that have implemented some starting points like, um, you know, promotions and ads that have some awareness of maybe not exactly where an individual is in a store, but if there's a sporting event happening that night, you know, some of these are convenience stores and they'll, they'll push ads mm -hmm. for Pepsi or Coke and the, the sales of the promotions that are pushed through those, those video displays in retail stores, the increase in sales is, is a surprising number. It's very compelling. And then even more emerging in retail is some stores are now allowing you to very few, but some stores are piloting, enabling you to download an app onto your phone. So it knows where you are in the store. It knows how long you're standing in a particular aisle looking at a particular good because it knows proximity to it and they'll push real-time promotions. And again, it's all about converting more sales. Retail's all dollar per square foot. So it's, yeah. th those are the big ones. I need one that um, maybe pushes me to make a decision because I feel like it would track how long I'm staring at like, I don't know, different types of tea or pasta sauce and be like, just pick one, Kelsey. Online researcher. And by the time <laughs> I get to the store, I'm usually in and out. <laughs> it's... I, I would like one that avoid, may, may, helps me avoid the booze. If, if yeah. it could like direct me away from the booze aisle, that, that'd be swell. <laughs> Step back from that, that uh, um, Guinness. <laughs> I, uh, so Lumen has that, uh, the, the agreement with, uh, T-Mobile that was announced, um, I think last year. And, uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, it certainly adds an edge computing component to T-Mobile's, uh, you know, plans. And so I'm wondering if you can talk about, you know, is there, are there any other, uh, service provider partnerships that Lumen may have? And then also if you, uh, are there any updates to that, um, T-Mobile deal that you can talk about? Yeah, the T-Mobile one was exciting to me because it, it fills a, a capability gap that Lumen has. Um, some use cases, particularly the ones where you have a lot of connected sensors or devices in the facility or the augmented reality examples, you need wireless connectivity of those devices and then to enable those, those IoT edge use cases. We don't have licensed spectrum. It's not who we are. But by partnering with T-Mobile, we can now quickly deploy these private wireless environments for those edge use cases. We'd actually done one, um, PTC is another partner, where we, we showed kind of the augmented reality, virtual reality training, the interactive training or worker safety examples. Um, we did that at CES this year in partnership with PTC and T-Mobile. And we, we actually did it at Lumen Field in Seattle. Um, so that was a good example of the T-Mobile the and, and PTC relationship kind of coming to reality. Another key partner, um, VMware is a big one. We have a long history with VMware. Uh, a lot of enterprises like to run their applications and leverage VCF. Um, so we've, we leverage them for a handful of different flavors of our services, like our, our private cloud, for example, and our SD-WAN SASE services that are being launched shortly. 
The, the other big one is Microsoft, and they have a particularly strong manufacturing IoT use case platform and practice, and that aligns very well with where we see a lot of opportunity for LumenEdge Compute. So we work with them by certifying some of their platform as a service capabilities, kind of higher up the stack, not exactly where Lumen has you know, our core competencies. So we certify deploying their PaaS platform on our Edge Compute platform, and it just helps enable a lot of those manufacturing IoT use cases for customers. Yeah, and I know you guys, uh, you mentioned earlier um, the LumenEdge bare metal. Can you tell us a little bit about the Edge Private Cloud and the Edge Gateway that you all have worked on, uh, what those are? Yeah, so the Private Cloud is for customers that want a dedicated environment, dedicated servers for those given customers. Um, they want it either on-premise for regulatory reasons or what have you. Uh, the Private Cloud is a great solution for that. So. VMware's is the first offering we have around it. We've just enabled Tanzu recently, which is their container management, kind of Kubernetes aspect of that platform. Um, so it actually aligns well with manufacturing. It's actually a retail store that recently deployed one where they, they use the private cloud and they have a big juicing facility and they do a lot of the IoT sensor management, production line optimization, et cetera, on a private cloud powered by VMware. The edge gateway is, is one that, is started as a way to more efficiently deploy our networking and security capabilities. So SD-WAN, what will eventually become SASE. And then we saw a need for, particularly in retail, that they wanted to collapse some of their applications that ran in server closets, and there's not a lot of room in a lot of retail stores. So how do they okay. more efficiently run the in-store applications while also having that network and security capability all on one device, one platform? Yeah. Um, has that, uh, I guess, has a retail approach changed at all just with the um, pandemic? And I'm wondering if more people shopping online, like, has that changed anything in, in terms of what your customers are going for or, or maybe how quickly they're moving with some of these things? It, it has. And it's it's almost been how can we have fewer people working mm -hmm. in the stores because it's been challenging to to maintain employment or people working for the companies uh, through this pandemic. So things like contactless checkout are getting accelerated. Um, things like versus having a, a mall security card, <laughs> stores are starting to build out theft prevention through video analytics and video recognition, okay. um, inventory management. There's, there's a lot of pieces of a retail stores kind of operations that they're looking to take people out of the equation to, to simplify the operations. And that's what's accelerated through this pandemic. Yeah. Always makes me think a little of minority report, <laughs> you know, how they, <laughs> yeah, how everything was gauged based on like his, his uh, like eye recognition and then starting to do ads based on that, even though they weren't his eyes, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> I digress. I mean, right. But, but if I can uh, skip the checkout line, I, I'm okay with them. I'm okay with them scanning my brain uh, if, I can, <laughs> if I can more quickly check out. I'm a, that's a, all right. I'm a, that's a trade-off I'm willing to make. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you, I'm with you yeah. on that one. <laughs> have any of you been to the, the Amazon Go stores and tried that? I have no, not. No, I haven't. Uh, have you? I, I have. It, there's one up in Seattle, and um, it's a little creepy, but it's pretty slick. You know, you, you pick a handful of things. I don't know if it's RFID or if they're doing it for video analytics. I, the, the actual implementation, I'm not sure, but... 
you breeze right through um, as long as it knows your prime prime ID. It's it's touchless, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, very cool. <laughs> um, we'll have to check that out. Uh, but Chris, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I had a great time. Thanks for the conversation. Thank you.